welcome to episode 482 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto team, welcome along to episode 482 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm pretty good. And you? Oh, John, I'm gutted. Did you watch the rugby game the other day? Mm-hmm. First of all, our South African listeners. Feeling for you. Feeling for you. Oh, I know this is I Am Talk, we're meant to be talking about triathlon, but South Africa, for those who don't know, lost to Japan. Now, Japan are very much a minnow of world rugby and uh, amazing, eh? Yes, it was. So, so they've had a thousand, they're the only team that's had a thousand points scored against them in World Cup history. And like one time New Zealand beat them by 120 or something, mm, didn't they? I'm pretty sure they haven't won a game before. No, they won one. Okay. They won one like okay. back in 1987 or something like that. But um, And they beat South Africa. Now, for those who don't know anything about rugby, World Rugby is dominated by five countries and South Africa is one of them. They've won the World Cup twice. So massive upset. So. Big upset. Let's not talk rugby, it's a bloody triathlon show. No, but I'm going to tell you my story. Oh, okay. I'll sorry. tell you my story at the end of the tell show, John. The okay. Yep. I'm talking is proudly brought to you by... Athlinks.com. I got an email from someone saying, please do a rugby day each week. Yeah, well, that's one person. Yeah, the everyone loves 50 it. 50 other thousand people listening. <laughs> everyone, everyone else loves it. Uh, athletes, social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And our patrons. If the Poms get beaten, then we may be talking oh, about it. Oh, then we do an update. We'll, and the Aussies. Well, the Poms, we'll they beat the Fijians, didn't they? Yeah. Convincingly, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch the All Blacks? Yep. Did you get up early and watch it? No. Well, five ish, five thirty. I got up. I got up. I got up early. What's the point? You just tape it and get it and watch yeah, it when I you get work, up. John, I have to work. <laughs> I have to go work and. Earn Anybody, a anybody else see that? <laughs> I see you got a new case for your phone. Yes, my, <laughs> one, my, other, my other one broke. <laughs> John's I, got so a, I stole that off Belinda. <laughs> he's got the old squirrely case for his phone. There's high fashion, mate. Kate, Kate Spade, is it? Is that Kate Spade? Yeah. Who's Kate Spade? I don't know. Some designer. <laughs> that's, that's, you get your hands off that. It's worth a lot of money. I tell you, mate, it's designer. Uh, uh, patrons, name some patrons, John. Uh, Andrew Under the Hammer Taylor. Andrew Taylor's a good man. Sean O the Porno Barnes. Sean O the Porno Barnes, great name. Mark Steely Thatcher. Nice. Andrew Stormtrooper Gilmore. Dun, 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 dun. And I got another one for you, Gareth the Hoff Donnelly. That's right. He's the Hoff. He knows how to hoff it up. Okay, this week's show team, we've got a few things happening. We've got news. We've got an age gripper of the week. Interesting age gripper. Crazy, some mm-hmm. would say. Statistic. It's back. We've got a high five slash coach's corner. What's that on? It's actually going to be uh, slash rant of the week as well. You're going to have to calm me down a bit. Oh, really? It's not particularly top. Well, no, it is topical to triathlon, but it's kind of following up. Oh, on... we're not allowed to talk rugby, but you can talk with Well, this is, this is, it's following on from the interview we had with is Bob Sebahar a few weeks ago and a bit of feedback on that and then, then a little bit of advice slash rant. Have you seen that movie but Inside Out yet? Uh, my kids have Oh have you not seen it? No it's a kids movie No it's a family movie John Well Blinders talk them family. Are you it's a part of that family? Sometimes Sometimes And then we've got a few patrons at the end guys News for this week First of all John's ITU update And a lot happened over the weekend in the ITU Because we had the final in Chicago For the end of the year race Now it was a double points race It wasn't necessarily a final Which I'd hate Because when we looked at the men's race I watched a video on, on YouTube Gomez did try to go for the win. Oh, it was epic. It was yeah, awesome. He did try to go for a win. Pretty good racing. But if it was for the championship, do you think he would have won, tried harder? 
I think he tried as hard as he could. Does that think he'd gone further? <laughs> no. And yeah, it's just, just a different way of doing it. Lots of other sports do this. You know, Formula One does it. Why can't you have both? Why can't you have the championship race and a series of race? They 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 want to get people involved in the in the series and make that the big the big show, the big yeah. noise. So get your point, I get your point. But at the same time, it was awesome racing. And I just hope we might get some head to head racing in Kona. You know, Kona's different, it's a long race obviously, but who, who you know? We remember the, some of the great races in Kona is Mark versus Dave, and one of the other great races when it was Rayleigh Mac versus Macca yep. coming up that hill, and uh, and it was going head to head. So, I'm not saying we I want to see them all come off the bike together, but maybe some people off the front. But it'd be cool to have the runners going head to head, maybe trying to run down. 13 minutes off the bike because this was awesome you had Mario Moller and Javier Gomez just absolutely smoking it off the bike and just going head to head you were, I was I watched it on the train you sort of you, you you don't want to fast forward you know on the bike you sometimes go this is just going to stay together and you maybe fast forward a bit but on the run you're like something's going to happen at some stage and they were surging and it was it was awesome head to head running and you could tell that Moller <clears throat> kind yeah, of just had that little edge. Yeah, Gomez. Just, you watched all the, uh, Gomez do some surges and models just staying mm. on him, wasn't mm. he? So it's still an awesome run by Gomez. And, you know, he still would, I'd be feeling pretty good about it if I was him in terms of looking forward to Rio because there's a reasonably high chance that Moller will miss the pack in Rio because but it's he a got a swim here didn't he he did but it was a wetsuit swim versus oh, okay. um, Rio is a non-wetsuit swim and you didn't have the Brownleys really on fire here field at the is Olympics uh, yeah, yeah Jonathan Brownlee was 11th or 12th or something like that I thought or something he was somewhere in between 10 and 20 I thought although I can't see his name in the results no no 12th you're 12th. right yeah. um, did he lost the race Big pun? Did no, okay. no. So, yeah, there's a reasonably good chance in Rio that there will be a breakaway pack and Mulder could be shut out of it, and in which case Gomez is, uh, you know, he's running as good as he ever has been, and if the Brownleys aren't 100%, he stands a, a really good chance of being on top of the podium. So really cool to see that head-to-head racing, and Richard Murray ran well through for, for third place. It's always hard to know if these courses are 100% accurate. You kind of hope it would be, especially on this one. It had lots of out and backs on the run. If it is accurate, it ran 28.59 for 10K, which is awesome. That is fantastic, isn't it? Mm. So good on the Spanish. They were just dominating the dojo. At one stage, they were first, second, and third during the run leg. Their third man ended up getting sixth place, but still pretty, pretty bloody awesome. So what was the overall, who won the series in? Who was uh, the world championship Oh, look, obviously Gomez, Gomez, Gomez. who's second yep. and third? Uh, I haven't got that page right in front of me, but I'm pretty sure it was uh, it was uh, Moller in second, I'm pretty sure it would be, and then I'm picking, it would would have been Vincent Louis from France in third. Okay. We can have a look at that. Uh, then the girls' side of the race, no real surprise there. It wasn't a real surprise, but it's was been it a lot closer than what it has been, so... Gwen Jorgensen is just crushing it. We'll talk a bit more about her in a moment. But uh, what happened was the girls, the front three girls, ended up running together for the first, I don't know, five, six, seven Ks. And normally Gwen Jorgensen just runs through, runs away with it. So it's hard to know if she's off her game a little bit, if the others have closed the gap, or if she's just playing with them. Um, because she, I, I watched the post-race interview now. I, I was kind of watching it as I was doing other things, but I heard her talk about sickness. 
mm. you know, you know, she's happy that she's got all the results based on you know sickness and all these other things. So maybe leading into this race, no gain. I was kind of I'm not 100 accurate on this, but she may have been a bit sick leading into this race. She, she was definitely sick uh, earlier in the season in London and still won there just. Uh, yeah. So I kind of think it's a bit of a combination. I think the girls, especially non Stanford, that they are picking their running up and they are getting closer. But I also suspect that Gwen Jorgensen has just maybe drifted back to them a little bit in terms of whether it be sickness, just getting tired, end of the season stuff. Um, but yeah, you'd still put a lot of money on her to win next year. But we've had big favourites in the past, and all it takes is one stuff up. You know, have a crappy swim, and if the breakaway goes, you know, they get a minute on her, and so, so other people you, stand a chance. You do know this fact: she is, and this isn't your statistic, good, but it's interesting. She's the first ever triathlete to win every race in the season mm. male or female yeah no one's ever done that before and her and that's amazing isn't it oh it's ridiculous that's, man that is yeah. that is far out Brussels sprout yeah and then I'm pretty sure that her and Gomez are the first people to ever repeat world championship well once. Gomez is the, now has the most because he won five mm-hmm. no one's even no, uh, was it less than he had four mm-hmm. so Gomez is the first time to ever win five in a row and back to back as well so seeing some records come through now, now I just can't get over like I always think people don't get how hard it is to win races mm. you know what I mean like it's it's so hard to, to be successful like I was writing a piece for the press this week about Richie McCaw and how the, as, as cheat Oh yeah, well, of <laughs> he's always been a cheat. But uh, <coughs> um, he's had a ninety percent success rate as an All Black, hmm. like ninety percent. Hmm. You know, and it's not like like and you just go far out, man. Some athletes and Joe Public don't really understand how hard it is to win things. And obviously, Jorgensen's you know very talented and maybe got some genetic gifts and all the rest of it. But at the same time, man, that is that is impressive to win every race in a season. And Triathlon's a pretty legit sport now. Like, it's pretty competitive at the top level. Yeah. It's not like back in the 80s and 90s, <laughs> granted, those guys were still awesome, but it was a lot. It was, it was a lot yeah, it was of kind of like a, a top end and not much behind yeah. it. Yeah. But, you know, she is the the real deal now. So her, her run split was 32 43, if it was accurate. I kind of think maybe it was a little bit short, but still, she's just awesome. Uh, so, in terms of Gomez, I thought we wanted to highlight a little bit about his career because, um, as Bevan said, he's now sort of statistically the most successful athlete ever again you're not comparing apples with apples like Lessing when he won his he was uh it was individual races versus some of Gomez's have been sort of the, the series races but uh, you've got to say it's just his consistency is just insane I, I talked to last week or the week before about how many races he's done this season and how consistent he's been versus, you know, I go back his he first results. a lot. Yeah, so he first came on the scene in terms of ITU results around 2006, uh, no, 2002. He won an under-23 world title in 2003. And so for the 12 years from there, he's just been crushing it. He started winning World Cup races, which was what the World Championship Series used to be called um, from sort of 2006 onwards and his results are just listed, there's very few double digits it's basically, you're looking through here back in 2007, you know it's 1, 3, 2, 1, 1, 1 1, 1, 7, 1, 1 1, 4, 2, 3, 2, 5 6, just stuff like that it's just so consistent over so many years and you get guys like Brownlee, you go that guy's a freak man, he's awesome Olympic gold medalist and on his day is just blows people out of the water 
but he'd nowhere near compares to the amount of racing that Gomez does and the consistency he has over all distances. So, yeah, very impressive specimen. Far out, yeah. <clears throat> and then, likewise, on Jorgensen's side of things, Bevan said, just undefeated for, for ages, and I'll bring that up a bit more in Statistastic. But in terms of Jorgensen, she's still pretty new kid on the block. Her ITU results only start in 2010. She finished uh, second at the World University Champs. <clears throat> and then has just slowly worked her way up until sort of she had her first win on the World Cup in Banyols, which is uh, before she sort of hit the, the World Championship circuit, and then she won her first race, I think it was in 2013, in San Diego, and since that time has been just crushing it. So there was why, some why, why she, what, what happened? Like, why is she good? so good? Oh, she's always been an amazing runner, but when she first started off, Swim was a bit suspect, okay. did a little bit suspect, not terrible. But, but left, kind of like a mauler. Yeah, you know. um, but her bike was what he led her down. So like in 2014 in Auckland, she finished 14, uh, 12th place. They just dominated her on the bike, just attacked her and crushed her. And I was going, oh, yep, she's awesome runner and she's going to be a great athlete, but they can yeah. isolate her on the bike. But since then, she's just picked a game up on the bike and they can't drop her on the bike anymore and she looks pretty strong. Mm. So just, yeah, she's still pretty new. She's only five years into her triathlon career. Yeah, that's the thing. Okay, so then we've also, Andrea Hewitt had a pretty good day again in fourth place, which made her come second overall, which gave her 30k, which is not a bad day. Well, it's a big move. So I, I talked 30K about... 30k US? Yeah, 30k US, and this is the prize pool. She would have got prize money on the day as well. Um, but she was the big mover because she was sitting in fourth place. She would have got 25,000 US from that. But by having such a good result by fourth and a few other results going her way, jumped up to second, 30,000 gain in prize money. She took home 55,000 for the series. And Katie Zaveris, who was sitting in second or third, she bombed out with a terrible race and uh, lost a lot of money um, in that process. So she was. Uh, so it's just, this is the problem, John. So you've got Gwen, which is an obvious winner, Andrea, and Sarah True is third place. Now, mm-hmm. would you say that they are the three best triathletes out there? Well, Jorgensen certainly is. Yeah. Andrea Hewitt is. She didn't win a race um, this yeah. season, so good on her, though. That's oh, totally, totally. She played the game and she got the result, but yeah. <clears throat> that's where. <coughs> the irony is is what's the pinnacle of the sport it's one race at a race it's the Olympics the Olympics yeah you know and so you have this event that doesn't really truly represent that I, I, like I love it that Andrea she's a Kiwi I love it that she got that second mm. place <clears throat> but I just I think they should go back I think you should have two I think you should have the series you can be the series champion but the world champion should come from one race you listen don't, to me don't disagree too much with that what I'm excited about is, is, is Andrea yeah, she's our. She's got the whole New Zealand program on her shoulders because we've got nobody else who's remotely good. Uh, but she's got her peak right two years in a row. For this is the grand finale. This is the main race that they do all aim to peak for. Yep. And two years in a row, she's got her peak right in to terms of firing on race. the right day. So, so her ability to turn up at a big race and be ready is <clears> good. It's good for the Olympics. Yeah, you know, she's. I don't. I don't have any. I don't think she's going to win a gold medal or anything at. Um, but maybe Rio, if but it is an amazing race. She's she's one of about seven or eight girls who could get on the podium. So fingers crossed. Well, you never know. Injuries and all these things leading to the Olympics. Jombos. Kona countdown's happening and the Kona countdown happens and news comes out and the first piece of news is Pete Jacobs is out of the race. I was hoping to pad out on this, 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 sex, this section a little bit more. That's the only news I've got for this week on the Kona Countdown. So oh. Pete Jacobs out. He's Maybe just, we shouldn't have called it Kona Countdown then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's out, which is a real shame. 
can't really think. He hasn't done anything really since he won the race. So I don't think he would have been really a threat. He would have been in the news. People would, he would have been doing stuff in the race week. Such a shame because he he was such a good athlete um, for those years leading in. Cracked the code, won it. Like he went, what did he go? Third, second, first? Like it was something like that, or fourth, second. Yeah. And he had the fastest run split for several years in a row. And then since that, it's just been like the curse, and he hasn't done anything. I just feel for him. He's just been, sounds like he's just been getting sick and injured um, consistently, just can't pull it together. Yeah, it has been the thing, isn't it? Because I remember talking to him post Kona, was it last year? And he, it just every year seems to be a battle for him, eh? you know, mm. like injury wise. And, you know, and he's also talked about kind of some of the mental struggles he's had and been quite open and public about that. Pete's such a nice guy. Mm. And, like, he's, he's seriously, he's just one of the nicest guys you'll meet. And, uh, and it's just a pity, really, because the race is better if a guy like Pete's fit come mm. race day, isn't it? And uh, unfortunately, he's not going to be there this year. Do you think he can come back? Nah. Really? Oh, I think he can come back and be decent, but. Because he's still only 33. Mm hmm. You know, yeah. so, you know. I certainly hope so. Yeah. Because um, I think, yeah, he adds a nice component to the race. He's a great athlete. But it's, it's been a few years now. What year was it that he won? 2012 he won. 2012. Yeah, so it's been three years. Yeah. So I hope he does. I'm not going to write him off, John. I think he's. I think he wins 2017. 2017. Yep. That's my yep. prediction. Probably 2017, not yet. Yeah, he's going to take out Gomez for a sprint. Right. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah, Gomez is coming. Everyone's going to be talking up Gomez. Little Pete Jacobs, everyone's forgotten about him. Out of nowhere, mm-hmm. he's going to run down Gomez, John. Mm-hmm. You can do it, Pete. That's my belief. Good. Okay, John, let's look at some results. We had Lake Tahoe. Now, is this an age group race only, was it? Age group race only. And it's great that they actually got the race off the ground for a change because last year it got canned because of the fires. Was it the fire again this year or the smoke? It did sound like there were some fires in the area. The year before that was uh, was freezing cold. Last week's age group race, the guy who won it was a pro. Okay. And the guy who got second was a guy. Let me me do my research, but I'm pretty Uh, sure someone sent this through an email saying the guy who won, was it, was that? Last week's race? Don't know. Yeah, neither can I. Yeah, maybe you should but do one, of the, one of the age group. Right? Okay, you talk. I'm there gonna, you go. Gonna so like, I mean, Lake Tahoe looked like a uh, very close race. So you had Gregory Linquist to take it out in 9.39.23, but only 30 seconds back was Ryan Linden and Jason Jacobs at third. So really close racing, especially when Ryan Linden was uh, running him down. So good stuff there. And on the female side of things, it wasn't quite so close. We had Sonia Week from the States take it out in 10.28. So good work to you guys who raced at Tahoe. And yeah, it certainly looks like a tough day at the office, which is good. And hopefully Ironman persists with some of these races that are a bit tougher and don't all, th- all of a sudden think, oh, if we're not selling them out, we're just going to can them. Um, we need to keep some good variety on the circuit. Okay, so Roger Thompson sent through a great email. He's got a few points here. He said, first of all, uh, the winner of Ironman Wisconsin that went... Eight fifty nine fifty nine was Thomas Gurlich is a pro. But he can't have been a pro because it was not a pro race. Well, he's a pro. Well, he's not. But he, we, he cannot have a pro license and have won that race. I wonder if that's the case. We can't. Well, but do I'm they sorry, check? who sent the email? Roger Thompson. Roger, you're wrong. Well, okay, here we go. <laughs> here we go. You're putting you it. cannot okay, do. Let's do some search. Let's look at Thomas. Basically. Let's have a look at his website. He may race pro elsewhere and stuff, but he cannot have a pro license and race as an age grouper. And if he can, there's something wrong with the system. Well, I've got a website here, John. Google search. Google search. What do you see with first thing when you see it come up? 
Pro Thomas Gulich, pro triathlete. <laughs> he cannot have a, a, a WTC well, he must pro. Be able to. You cannot do it. Well, he's a pro triathlete. Somebody else, you must know Thomas or somebody let us know. But um, <clears throat> if, he, if he can, I'm getting ready for a rant of the week. Well, I think you should start getting ready because, John, look at his, look at everything about his website calls him a professional Yeah, but what about his results? Well, look at his 70.3. Race results. Okay, let's have a look. Race results. Race results. John's getting fired up here. Race result. He won... Uh, the Lake Mills Triathlon he got yes. second uh, the Access Triathlon he won versus I'm Elite 70.3 in Ironman has he got any 70.3 or Ironman results Challenge at Lake City I'm, do, are you, do you not listen to me Joe does he listen to you yeah I do okay yes Ironman 70.3 uh, Racine or Racine yeah 17th pro this year well in the last 12 months Okay, we'll have a pause a moment. It's our job. I'm going to go mental on this. If, if, if I'm going to have a look at the KPR in a second. Look, I'm in Steelman, 70.3, 8 pro overall. Let me have a look at the KPR. And if he's on the KPR, get ready. Well, they're have, having, hold on. I'm in 70.3, Silverman, third hang pro on, overall. And, and Hang on a minute. The new year has started. So the license probably goes from to August. He hasn't got any 2015 results up. That's the only problem. Oh, so you were pulling out 2014 results. Was the last 12 months? Look, he's a pro. Yeah, but the pro- calendar year probably goes to January. Okay, I'm going to go to his Facebook page. Let's go to his Facebook page and anyway, see if he's got any pro um, results. I guarantee I'm right. Guarantee I'm right that he will not have a WTC pro license. Anyway, a couple of other uh, people are well, getting. Wait, I haven't finished. Okay, let me finish. Thomas is sending a good email through. Uh, the guy who got second was the guy who just turned, who's gone pro from just turned amateur. So that's the guy who got second. And also, just there's another good point that he brings out. Ironman Whistler, there was the girl who cheated with the win, the woman set 40 to 44, the girl who kind of cut the course. Uh, you mentioned her name a lot, but you never mentioned the girl who was the overall winner. And we should do that. Suzanne Davis. She has now been the US Masters Triathlete of the Year, as well as winning her age group in 2013. That's Kona as well. I think she was second in her age group in 2011. She's pretty legit. So Suzanne Davis, you deserve the love. Nice. Uh, so lots of other Kona athletes are getting ready and lots of 70.3 racing on over the weekend. People like Nico Lanos was taking out a title from Roman Goulan, who was one of our, I think he finished 10th place last year. <clears throat> Jody Swallow's out there crushing it. She won uh, Lanzarote 70.3 as well. Uh, we've got heaps of other big races going on. What are some other 70.3? Mary Beth Ellis back on top, crushing it by nearly half an hour. At uh, 70.3 in Korea, and Matt Trotman took that out, and Free Cronenberg was there. Andy Bouchery was uh, at uh, Cozumel taking it out. So lots of people having hit outs before Kona. I'm sure he's trying to do his research on if he's, a gar- he's he ga- a pro. I guarantee I'm right. He could be a pro, but he's not a WTC pro license holder. Okay, give it up. Oh no! Well, I'm, I'm I'm sorry, right. I, I want to make sure I'm right. I just want to make sure you're. I just want to do the research, John, because I'm a, I'm a reporter. Mm. And there we go. Oh, yeah, here it goes. I am a pro triathlete. <laughs> he can be a pro, but he can't be a WTC pro. Okay. Uh, what, 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 where are we up to? Because you've thrown me off. Okay, you've thrown. I've thrown you off. Righty high. Okay. Uh, just one other thing from Tony Hodge, who's a fantastic girl, who's doing our I am talk uh, race guide page. 
if you've done any races in Asia, we need them. We've got lots of, we've got most other races covered, um, but just the Asian races have got like next to nothing. So somebody out there must have done some of them. So go on to imtalk.me, you'll see the little race guide button, submit the race, just a little bit of information about it would be fantastic. Anybody who also has done uh, Ironman Netherlands, Ironman Boulder, uh, Challenge Cedar Point, Challenge Weymouth, Ironman Wisconsin, um, if you guys, anybody that did Wisconsin the weekend before last, give us some information and the one other one was Challenge Atlantic City. Once we've got those ones done, we're getting pretty close to, to having the full quota. Okay, John, you're looking at putting a new camp on. Tell me about it. Yep, so anybody who's getting ready for any Kiwi or Aussie races, uh, we're going to put on our little summer camp. It's basically a four-day camp. It's going to be January 21st through to Sunday, the 24th of January. Awesome scenic route. Awesome big mileage stuff. It's not an epic camp, but it's four days of big, big riding. Um, we basically, first day we do a half Ironman simulation and we head up to Mount Lyford, cool part of, uh, sort of North Canterbury. And then the second day we'd have a massive big day on the bike. It can be anywhere from 100 to 180 k's, depending how long you want to ride. Really beautiful scenic ride finishing in Hamner Springs. Then a long run, and then we have 150k back to Christchurch. So four big days, perfectly time for anybody doing any sort of long course so racing. Like Ironman New Zealand and Wanaka or mm. Melbourne. Perfect. Exactly. Perfect, John. Yes. Okay, John, let's talk about a sponsor. Okay. Sponsor. Extreme Endurance. Yeah, like that buffer. John, what are we going to talk about today? We are going to wait for my webpage to... Joint 4. Everybody's getting sore joints. I... Stop smoking the joints, John. I know. If you're one of those people getting on in life, that just getting those sore joints, try it out. Extreme Endurance is joint I do wonder when it's going to happen for us. Yeah. You know, like, because my back, I did my back last year and it's always kind of a bit of a, a just there nowadays, it's, you know, mm. and, and I'm starting to get that first kind of years of hard work in my body. I might just get some Joint 4 right now. If you've got painful joints and muscle soreness from overtraining, uh, Joint 4 is a scientifically based formula of four proven ingredients that support the nutrition of joint synovial fluid, cartilage and connective tissue. The world-renowned formula is extremely effective in easing joint discomfort and reducing inflammation. So get on it, guys. Xendurance.com. We know the standard Xendurance is a kick-butt product, but if you're someone that's limbs are just starting to get a little bit tight aging athletes often the case Ian Wood you should be on a bit of this <laughs> hobbling around the pool uh, the other day you need to get on it uh, joint extreme endurance joint four to just help those joints move a bit more smoothly check it out especially for running I, d- I did notice um, on Extreme Endurance I don't know if this helps some people but they're now selling through Amazon as well as well as oh. their direct site so some people may find that easier but you can get all their stuff on Amazon.com oh there you go good work Xendurance.com uh, team for great supplements to keep your body moving as fast as possible for as long as possible okay Jombo we've got a discussion of the week last week's discussion of the week what, what did we do oh god my good one wasn't it yeah here we go here we go what, I can't remember what I did what, wait, let, some let, bloody flags oh come on it got a lot of discussion didn't it yeah a lot of it did get a lot of discussion so the question was New Zealand's changing its flag well, we're not changing our flag. There's a referendum happening around changing the flag. And the first part of the process is to choose the flag that's going to go against... The existing flag. Yeah. And uh, so what I did is I put the, t- the four options that we have up there and 68 comments, John. That's gold. And let's, so, John, let's just read a few of them out. John, you go first. Well, let's try to give a visual description of the flag. Okay, so first, one, what, first to the very left is a black and white flag. 
Fern. It's number one. We even then the it. second is a bit of a, a mix of our old flag with a fern involved with red at the top. Mm-hmm. Then the, the third is a square. So, don't even mention the third. <laughs> Nobody likes the third one. It's a black flag with a white sort of swirl, swirl on it, which is kind of uh, from Maori culture. Uh, and then we have the second. The fourth one is very much like the second one. Uh, the, the the stars, the fern, but with a black top. Okay, John, you're going to go first. I'm really not. I'm not overly interested in this one, Ben. <laughs> but I'll I'll stick it out. Hey mate, Nick, Nick Rose. In life, it's not always about you. Oh come on, it come is. on, you know, come you know, on. no wonder Belinda struggles with you. Nick Rose, hard hard one, really. Leave it on the sports field. Two, still too close to see what you have now. Uh, to what you have now. Number three, which is a fairly common consensus. WTF Yep I think that's fairly common yeah. consensus And number four Good blend And probably my favourite okay. I haven't seen the flag This isn't going to mean much to you To be honest It seems like most people Preferred the four But Ross Clark's got a great You traitors The Union Jack Is not in any of them Send them the gumboots God save the Queen nice That's work. exactly why We want to get rid of, rid of Our current <laughs> flag uh, Tom Ward What is with number three Again Common consensus <laughs> Uh, Steve Moore, why not have the Union Jack and be done with it? You know you'd love to be ruled by the Brits again. Um, it's just people picking numbers. Yeah, I, One, I, two, I, I say four. overall people have gone four. Four? Yep, that's, that is the general consensus. That mm. is the flag. And so, some people are saying, why don't we put up the, the other one that's out there? Red Peak? Yeah. Because it's not in the running. No, it's not in the running. And John's very matter-of-fact about these things. Yeah. <laughs> okay, John, which one do you want? Uh, not three. You don't want three? Don't want three. Oh, no, no, three's the ugly one, yeah. Well, the one that looks the nicest to me is one which has the red, the fern, and the, the stars on it. I think it's a flag that looks the nicest. So I don't have a st- really strong opinion on it, to be honest, but I'm probably leaning towards number two. I'm saying four. Right. But none of them really spin my wheels. Mm. This is a total waste of money. That's just a stupid argument that most really? people say. Twenty six million. It just run, it's just gonna. Where's yeah. that money going? Nowhere. It's going problem. to New Zealand Post, and it'll just go in a big circle, and it goes back into the economy. Nobody's spending anything. There John, you go, John. Nice argument. No one's spending anything. I, I yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think it's a waste of money. I, I think it's. I want to get rid of our flag. I want a new flag. I don't, I'm not particularly endeared to any of these flags. I want to get rid of our existing flag. Are you going to vote? Absolutely, I'm absolutely, gonna vote. he's going to vote. I'm going to vote. I'm going to do a protest vote and vote for the circular one. <laughs> it's why the world is just spiraling into bloody anarchy. Anarchy. It's anarchy. Okay, team, what's happening here? Let's have a look. Next this is up. a good one. You know, vetoing this week. You vetoed about the last ten years in a row. Here we go. This. Uh, I sent this is a good one. Um, I think it was uh, your Give mate, love. Adrian. Um, Adrian Bardsley. Yep. Not Adam Bardsley, Adrian Bardsley. Yep. It was either him or it was uh, Fe- it was Fegan. Facebook, wasn't it? Yeah, so I grabbed it off there. But I think, I think um, Adrian sent it through to me as well. And it was a little clip, a photo of um, some T-shirts on what you've got on your T-shirt and what you think it says and what it really says. So I thought, we'll read out a couple of these. But then the discussion for the topic is some really good triathlon quotes that you've seen just one-liners so for example with the first one says any t-shirt from a 5k 10k or half marathon race what you think it says is i'm a proper runner what it really says is i haven't done a triathlon <laughs> if your t-shirt says i'm man 70.3 middle distance finishes t-shirt i'm a proper endurance athlete but i haven't done an iron man okay finished t-shirt from a sprint triathlete 
Triathlon? I am a triathlete. I am a novice. You got an <laughs> Ironman Hawaii World Championships finishes T-shirt. Top this, you bastards. <laughs> what it really says, this T-shirt cost me so much money, I have to fake my own death and move to Venezuela. Double Ironman T-shirts finisher. Ironman is for wimps. I've given up on trying to get to Hawaii. Yes, <laughs> nice. I like That's it. a good one. Just keep going long. <laughs> so for you guys, I know it's sort of a bit abstract on this, but yeah, your best triathlon quotes or sayings. So what, we're looking for funny quotes or any quote? Because this is very comical, the ones we've read. Comical would probably, as, gives you a more chance of getting read out. Okay. But things would, I always, I'm, I'll put my one out there. Uh, I know this isn't exactly what he said, but it was Pauli Kuru, who we've had on Legends of Triathlon. Great show if you oh. haven't listened to it. Check, check, check it um, out. They asked him, he used to train by his heart rate monitor. He said something like, I don't live and die by my heart rate monitor. And if it goes beep, beep, I don't worry. When I go hard, I go hard and I feel no pain or something like yep. that. It was awesome. Okay. It wasn't necessarily funny, but it was uh, it was pretty cool. Yep, it's, uh, you know that one, John. Great, great. <laughs> okay, uh, let's put some music on you. Some here we go. Age grouper of the week. Okay, so this week Nemo Branch sent through this one, and it's got hi. Nemo Brack. Like some... Brack. Like yeah, t- she always tells us, and I always say it wrong, isn't it? It's like Brack, yeah. like Timo Brack. Yeah. There we go. We're probably pronouncing that wrong as well, but I think you've pronounced the T. Braunch. You, how would you think it would be said? Brauch. How you said Brauch. it? But it's B-R-A-U-C-H. Hmm. Brauch. So it's Timo Brauch. Okay, Nemo Brauch. There we go. She sent through this one anyway. Uh, I'd like to nominate my fellow endurance national... Nation. Nation, sorry, teammate, John Withrow, a.k.a. JW for I Am Talk Age Group of the Week. John is the kind of guy who can't say no to a deer and is always looking for the next crazy challenge. This past weekend, John finished I Am in Wisconsin in a time of 11.55.49 while riding a fat bike. If you don't know what a fat bike is or you haven't ridden run, let me provide some context. Fat bikes are the monster trucks of bikes. They have huge heavy tyres and uh, most riders sit mostly upright as they bike. These these bikes are designed to be ridden anywhere over snow, mud, sand, rocks, etc. Just really slow, like 4 miles per hour. For short periods, roughly 30 to 60 minutes at a time. So keeping that in mind, you can't about help but be impressed by a guy that has finished the I'm in Wisconsin bike course, a well-known hilly, tough course, in just 6 hours and 6 minutes and 24 seconds. That's pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive, isn't it? And then somehow have the legs to run a 4.26.16. Attached is a picture of John riding, high-fiving kids while out there on the ride that, on that monster bike in the I'm in Wisconsin hills. John's motivation for this crazy challenge was to raise funds for his charity, Reserve Aid. A Reserve Aid raises money for US military families, uh, primary reservists from all branches of the National Guard, suffering financial hardship from their service. I'm not exactly sure how much John raised through this challenge, but I know I got $25 from for beating my best I'm in Wisconsin time, as well as another $25 for going sub-12 hours. If only he had the, just one step up to my challenge and worn a pink Speedo, uh, he also would have $50 out of me. So for all of the above, and because he's just a really great guy, I hope you will award John Withrow I Am Talk Age Group of the Week. Did you look at the photo? No, I did not. Oh, she sent through a photo away a second. You were talking for about so, for a second. So if, if you're not quite sure what fat bikes are, basically a mountain bike with these ginormous bloody tyres on them. 
I don't quite get it, but you know, from what my understanding is, you know, they're better on on snow, give you slightly better grip and stuff. Yeah, they're just so obviously your aerodynamics are compromised when you're on a mountain bike when you're riding 180 kilometres. That's so. a pretty impressive time, though, isn't it? Oh yeah, on that course, you know, because mountain bikes <clears throat> pretty slow. You must be a very good rider. Um, but these ginormous big tyres. I don't know how how much slower these big ginormous tyres are. Um, well, we just think of weight. Mm. Mm. You know, like it's it's probably five times the size of, of a triathlon tyre. Mm. And then you've got big rims and... Yeah, so they, they do look very clunky. Whether they ride as clunky as they look, I don't know. But, my God, they are just ginormous tyres. I'm going to put a photo. I'll put the photo of um, him on his bike. Uh, on me if you're unsure of what we're talking about here you can check that out but far out Brussels sprout that's an impressive challenge and also going towards a great cause raising money for obviously a really important cause it does always blow my mind away about I don't want to talk US politics but uh, it does seem like their soldiers get screwed you know they go they, they go to war and they, yep. you know and they come back and it seems like a lot of them suffer so good good on him to actually be doing something to get do for a good, good like a really great cause so and at the same time crushing it impressive yeah. we'll have to see where that bike time ranked him but it would be pretty high I know a lot of people that would be happy with a 606 on a flat course yeah on a normal bike so good work so JW John Withrow you are our age group of the week. Statistic, it's fantastic. Okay, Jombo, Gwen Jorgensen, she's dominating the dojo. Give me some facts. So we'll keep this one fairly, fairly quick because we did talk her up a lot earlier in the show, quite rightly so. Yeah. But she has won 14 World Triathlon Series races in a row. So it's got to be a record. Oh, it's beyond. I think it was already. Yeah, it was a record she's age. The first ago. person to actually win a, an, an undefeated season. So yeah. So absolutely killing it so it started her streak started in yokohama in 17th of may last year and since then 14 in a row london chicago hamburg edmonton abu dhabi auckland and auckland course is a legit course and she's still one there gold course gold coast yokohama london hamburg and then she also won uh, the Rio qualifying event i'm not sure if that was included in the 14 maybe it's more than 14 and then chicago again absolutely crushing it and outside of that I'm sure she will have won other races as well and I know she, she did at least last year she raced a French Grand Prix race at least one uh, so she may well have had other races in there as well um, but I certainly haven't heard of her being defeated in any of those absolutely insane I know this is a kind of a silly question but how long do you think she can remain dominant as long as she doesn't get injured I'd say because she doesn't seem it. to get injured does she yeah no, um, I mean the one thing that might get her unstuck if she did a really tricky um, mountainous ride, then potentially that could get her unstuck. Um, and you'd need to have a big breakaway on the bike to hold her. You know, if you, if you want to beat her, the girls that are the Uber bikers probably going to need two minutes on her. So, yeah, it would be something going wrong or her getting sick. I think um, at least for the next year. That's what's even more kind of like. Well, no, the most impressive thing is her as an athlete, but it's also. She's been very lucky because you know most you know most athletes mm. you know you do fourteen races at a high level, something's got to go wrong in one of those races. Have normally, a, have a bad swim yeah, or a breakaway or goes away or you have a crash mechanical or something. Or, you know, so like mm. you know, like it, there's so many factors that have to go your way, not just your athletic performance to be successful. So for her to continue to be successful at this level, 
and a bit like Chrissy, you know, she won that Kona after having a big bike crash and stuff. Um, Gwen Jorgensen seems to have won when she's been sick as well. So she's that much. She, she only needs to be at 90% and she's still better than the rest. So very impressive. That is your statistic for this week. 14 wins in a row. One, two, three, four. High five, Jumbo. Coach's corner yeah, slash yeah, rant of the week. week. Okay, so we, a few weeks ago we had Bob Sebahar on the show and he was just doing some stuff around kids' nutrition, mm. uh, which is very interesting. And uh, who sent this through? Arno Silikoff sent this oh, through. Great. And it was, um, yeah, it's good stuff. So he listened to the interview. I'm sure he absolutely loved it. One of the points that he did bring up that he had some questions on, and quite rightly so. He's sort of saying, you know, when we talk about kids' nutrition, we often talk about trying to hide the nutrition in there so the kids actually eat it. So it's almost fooling them into healthy eating. Yeah, so you know, you know, you, you make a lasagna, but instead of just doing lasagna, Check you throw some veggies in, in there. Yeah. You do a smoothie, you kind of disguise that with some, some berries and this, that, and the other thing. You chuck in some stuff. Really legit stuff, fantastic. Totally agree with doing it. It's a good thing. Arno's sort of saying, you know, despite the... Um, the, the Frenchies bombing our Rainbow Warrior in Auckland. <laughs> no, 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 we, I'd love you brought that up. <laughs> we do actually love our cooking and his experience um, always tried to get the interests of the kids around veggies instead of trying to hide them. We never really blended anything in and uh, got the kids involved in the sort of the cooking process. And as a result, the kids have turned out, you know, being really into their food, eating healthy, and one of their kids has actually gone so off to the So it's actually the different approaches to go, no, actually mm. maybe what we should do is how do you get them to look at this food as a way that's something to enjoy. Imagine that's where having your own garden. Absolutely, and this is going to be one of my points. So my, my, my sort of little high five today, it's going to be a bit of a rant, and I'll try not to get up on my pedestal. You just seem a bit on edge today, John. Well, it's something up. No, <laughs> you, you just, you, you, it's quite easy to push the button today. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've got, I've got everything done this week. You know, it's a short week. We're going you're away. because you've got too much to do. Do you want to hug? Yeah. yeah. Well, this is, and this actually leads into this. It's a good point because one, do you have any words that really annoy you? You know, it's just, you know, oh, don't say that. that no, no, I'm not that fast. Oh, you are <laughs> so. One of mine at the words. moment. No, not words. One of mine at the dog. That's a, that's a, a word. What, a and dog? A, a thing. Do- I was like, in the last few weeks. What do you mean dog? Dogs are annoying me. Oh, okay, here we go. Dog okay, owners. Okay, here we go. Here get we go. control of your bloody dogs and just control them. I mean, A, I got bitten the other day, which really yep. screwed yep. me. Yep. But now my, one of my main running routes is this big park there. Absolutely, you need space for your dogs. But for God's sake, you don't need to stand in the middle of a path while someone is running up and down the path. Mm-hmm. Just let your dog roam free in the middle of the path. So okay. dogs, anything else you need to let? No, this is your, this is John's counselling session. Anything else you need to let out? Busy is busy, my busy. That, that is what perhaps my most annoying word in the English vocabulary. Busy. At the when people say I'm busy, but didn't like, you just say you were busy before? No, I said I've got a lot on. Oh, a lot on. Busy okay. is a cop out word that really annoys me. It means a I'm unorganised. B I've chosen to prioritise something else. Busy gets me in, gets me in. If you say oh, you're busy to me. But what Watch if my eyes I, like, like, like last week, John, I was under the pump. I, know, yeah. I was very organised. I'm really proud of how That's I trained last, worked last week. But I was busy. Yeah, but if you had something else that you'd already committed to, oh, I can't do that, I'm too busy. It's like, well, no, you're not organised enough. You've got to get your shit sorted. Does my head in. Okay, anything else? Right, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll move, I'll move on. Right. Out. Yeah, I think you need to, you definitely need to didn't get enough criteria. I didn't get enough sleep last night. Okay. Right. So okay. anyway. So ben, this is only the start of the rant. Oh, God. I am trying to calm down. Taking a few deep breaths. <laughs> you need to get the Headspace Meditation app. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. So, okay. so really, this was just a few tips based off my experience and some of Arno's stuff here in terms of if you're a new parent um, and trying to get your kids to eat the veggies. First one is you've got to start young. Otherwise, I really think you're battling a bloody... When you say so young, well, you mean as in having them have veggies? Absolutely. So when you when you got your your babies coming out and you mix your own stuff up, yes, you can buy all the the, the pre made bottled stuff, which yep. is you know, granted convenience is is yep, especially when you're young kids, young like. kids. But it's really easy to make your own veggies. Get your kids started on veggies from a very young age, and whatever you do, stay away from that packaged shit for as long as you possibly can. <laughs> Okay, so tip number one is start young. Otherwise, you're on a real it's battle. Just building, you hear this, guys? It's just like yeah. Building. Well, this is number two. My sort of mini rant before about busy is cooking takes quite a bit of work yeah, and it, it takes quite a bit of time. Yeah. But it's your responsibility if you're a parent to get it right and make sure you're feeding your kids properly and allocate some time to doing good food planning. And it takes some time, but it's your responsibility as a parent, and it does my head in when parents feed their kids crap food. Yeah. <sighs> well, I think <laughs> I'm putting five years of my life into bloody study to help try to help people with nutrition because I am very passionate about this topic. People didn't know what you were studying. We were talking about studying someone email. And he said, what is he studying? And I like, nutrition. Oh, nutrition. Well, first year is sort of doing pre health, just pre, and then then start a five year degree. Um. Well, I think it's not just cooking. I actually think your kids are a commitment. And Absolutely. It, you know, like you, you have, you know, as one of the ladies I interviewed on my other podcast, Wendy Sweet, was talking about if you look at healthy adults, it's that their parents have committed to having exercise in their life. Mm. And, you know, that's, you know, and that, that whole busy life we lead right now, you know, we have become more time poor. Like if you mm. look at, as times come along, basically the lifestyle we led has been that we work more because if you look at like the 50s, it's really interesting. In the 70s, the cost of living kind of went up, and what happened was we 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 improved our lifestyle, but we worked more for it. And through that, the kind of time like mum staying home and just mm. looking after kids has become a bit of a foreign thing, really. And so the time commitment to our kids has pulled away, and it's something that we actually have to be really conscious of. Absolutely. And, and obviously not just cooking. And I'm lucky because I've got a partner who, who cooks a meal every night, and uh, and she likes cooking, so it makes it really easy. But, you know, if you're working hard, you've got to make sure you get home and you get outside and you spend some time with your kids being active and you get them into sport. And, mm-hmm. But I kind of feel we're probably preaching, preaching to the choir here. To a degree, but, but I see... But then we also a, are a selfish bunch of people. I see a lot of... Athletes, friends, family members, and they're still they're fit, active people, intelligent, but yeah. they're feeding their kids shit. And and, of, and often, like, let's be honest, easy. our sport is a very selfish sport, mm. and we can neglect other areas of our life. So, team, your kids don't neglect them. Cool. Um, number three, involve your kids in the garden and in food prep as soon you as you can. Uh, we've got a small garden. It's basically a planter box with yep. um, herbs and stuff. But the kids go out there, they plant stuff, they yeah. bring in you know um, herbs and lettuce and stuff like that, and they also do that at school. Um, and you need to teach them that green is go food, not yeah. They, yeah, a lot of kids have this green phobia but as soon as your kids get over that they're, they're sweet and I'm not trying to pretend that I'm this marvellous parent or anything but this is just a few things yeah. that seem to work for us so involving your kids in the garden and um, our kids at our school have got uh, they have garden to table and they do it sort of on a weekly basis they go, they've go, they got a school veggie patch and they go out and pick stuff and, and make stuff out of it it's wicked mm. uh, one other thing that Kids don't need their food to be as flavoursome as adults. So a lot of our kids' stuff is really plain things. Um, we do add some flavour in there, but as soon as you, as soon as they get a taste for all these different flavours and you feel like you, everything's got to be as flavoursome as it is for you adults, doesn't need to be. 
bland stuff is absolutely fine. They as long as they don't know too much different, still works a treat for them. I've just read a really interesting book called The Dorito Effect. Um, mm-hmm. Fascinating book, actually. You're talking about um, one of the issues with nutrition right now is is actually the lack of flavour in our food. And what's happened is as food's become more mass-produced, like if you look at a chicken, uh, for example, chickens now, just the size they get to and the speed they get to is ridiculous. Mm. And what's happened is as food's become this more mass-produced thing, the real compromise has been flavour. Mm-hmm. And so what they've done is they find compromised they found other ways to flavor things Mm. and uh, it starts with the Dorito was kind of the first thing back in like the 60s or 70s which where suddenly they figured out oh we can get this flavor because corn chips were always kind of just a bit of a boring food on the side Mm. and then Doritos kind of added flavor but what's happened is is as foods become mass produced like we look at a tomato nowadays it doesn't really have much flavor does it you know whereas if you go back to traditional foods they had a lot of flavor and if you look at cookbooks from like the 20s and something, it was very much just add season because the food's mm. really great. And, uh, and it's, it's a really fascinating book. I highly recommend listening to it, but it's just how do we get flavour back into food? And it's, yeah, it's because we tend to eat healthier if flavour was the choice, it was already there. So, and, and I'm not trying to dig at Americans, but their fruit and vegetables taste way less flavoursome than yeah. whenever we go to America. It's like you've got these ginormous fruit and vegetables, but they do taste pretty bland. Yeah, well, and, and check out the book, it's a really good read, The Dorito Effect. Okay, number five, treats are treats, um, packaged food is a treat, lollies are a treat, anything that's packaged and processed, you've got to try to teach your kids that they are, they are a treat. And how do you manage that? Because like, it's like Jerry Seinfeld did that um, great joke where it was basically, you know, co- lollies are the kids' alcohol. Mm. You know, like, you know, like for us adults, alcohol is kind of our thing. Mm. And for kids, lollies are treats. But at the same time, they're always going to want them. Yeah, but you build some excitement around them. You don't give them to very, them to very often, and then they really feel that it is special when they're having them. Uh, but the other problem is, is with because the problem is it's lazy parenting. And we all do it. Like Farah, don't, don't get me wrong, I did it as a parent as well. Is that sometimes it's easier to use food as a treat in a way to get them to do behaviours, mm-hmm. and it's a dangerous thing to do. You know, you know, if you do this, you get that. Um, and if it's food that's a treat. You know, and then, then you like it's almost like you train your kid to whinge to the point where they just give in, so they get the treat. You don't give in, Bevan. You no, stand no, I strong. I actually, I didn't. But um, one area that, uh, that I never really had anything as a as a kid, and well, not very, very little. Things have changed a lot since we were kids. Yeah. Um, is pulses awesome? What's a pulse? Yeah, your your grain, uh, not your grains. Um, oh, like your, your legumes, and, your, yeah. your your um, chickpeas, your beans, and things like that. Um, Really tasty, nice and healthy, lots of protein in them, and we just we crank through lots of pulses. And here comes recipe of the week. I'm bringing it back. Oh, okay. is the book coming out? Is it next week? Next week. This is a really uh, quick thing that I did for the kids the other day. Is making like these chickpeas sort of fried up things. I got chick, just a tin of chickpeas, dried them off, put them in flour, put them in egg, put them in uh, rice flour. Um, yeah, rice flour. Fried them up, kids thought it was Christmas. 10, oh. out, of ten, ten out of 10. 10 out of 10. They were absolutely loving them. Uh, the other thing around, some veg, another good way to, to cook your veggies is baking them. Our kids love baked veggies, broccoli, cauliflower, add in a bit of coriander, of ground coriander, cumin. Um, for me, steamed vegetables or boiled vegetables, they are a bit bland and you need yeah. to add them in. But if you can cook veggies in a different way on the barbecue and stuff and just get a bit more flavour into them, then uh, they love them. And then probably just two other little things that I've got is 
our kids have actually really enjoyed watching cooking programs, you know, MasterChef and things like that. And that's actually inspires them to get in the kitchen a bit more. And then when they're they're having the food, they're actually tasting it and giving it marks out of ten. And uh, games around it that makes it kind of fun. Yeah, and they've really really enjoyed that. And then finally, um, you got to practice what you preach and. You know, if your kids see you consistently eating shit food, which we, a lot of triathletes do, you know, yeah. we're really fit and healthy, but you come home and you just gouge yourself on just rubbish food. Well, a lot of people who train not justify their training as the reason to eat health mm. unhealthy. You come yeah. home, you eat, eating prepackaged meals and stuff like that, then your kids are going to end up doing like that. So you just got to involve them, practice what you preach, keep it healthy, keep it, uh, if it's, you know, if it's packaged and got lots of things in the label, then it's probably... Not the best thing for you. Hmm. Anyway, rant over. Try yeah, not. You, you kind of calm down. Yeah, I've got it all out. That's why. Yeah. Got it all out. Yeah. Not so busy anymore, are you? Eyes <laughs> oh, are rolling. Sponsor. Uh. <laughs> we're, going, we're athletes, guys. Tell us about athletes, Jumbo. Okay, so yesterday I had a guy. He's heading off to. Uh, he's going to Ironman Mallorca, which is this weekend coming up. Okay. Maybe we didn't. Even, I don't think we mentioned the races no, that we were didn't coming up. Actually, coming up races. We skipped past that. We've got Ironman Mallorca and we've also got uh, Chattanooga. Okay, I'll quickly mention them because there was a couple of um, people on the start list that I was keen to talk about. So chat, uh, I've got to give Torsten's try rating a plug here because that is my go-to. Oh. Last year at Chattanooga, Matt Hansen won it. If you're a crap swimmer, Chattanooga is your race. Why? Down down, sw- down river uh, swim. Nice. Those dudes were banging it out in 40 minutes yep. for the swim. That's good. Uh, Matt Hansen then backed it up with a 247 marathon. pretty solid run. Um, Matt Schrabot from the States is seated number one on Torsten's ratings. He's down on the start list for Kona. So if he's racing this and then turning around for Kona, good luck. Uh, likewise with TJ Tollinson. I'm not sure if he's on the start list for Kona, but those would be your two big hitters. Now, the one name that I look Brian out Rhodes. for... Roads, he, he he DNF'd at a race at the weekend somewhere. Um, ben Collins is a name to watch out for there. Short course guy, bit of a bit of a weapon. Um, I remember a few years ago him at the high V seventy point uh, 70, high V Olympic distance race, just spanking it off the front on the bike. So he could be someone to watch out for and just hammering off the front. And then on the girls side, things you got Sophie Goose, Carrie Lester, uh, Kristen Moller, and then. We also have coming up Ironman Mallorca, which I'll get onto in a second. Um, and Tim Don won this race last year. Popped him an email via his website this morning to see if we can get an interview with him. So we'll see if anything comes of that. Timo Bracht is racing. Don't know if he's doing Kona this year. James Karnama, pretty sure he's not doing Kona. Uh, so that should be a pretty good race. And also Alessandro Giuseppe, who's had some really good results this year. They're your top three over there in Mallorca. Anya Baranek, who's been on fire lately. I think she was maybe third at 70.3 Worlds. And she won a a race somewhere either last week or the week before, so we'll see if she lines up. Um, so good luck to you guys going to Mallorca. It's been a 51.50, John. Uh, it's not really happening very much, is no, it? No, because I just went, I just went to their Facebook page. The last post they did was April 2014. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. <coughs> Don't know is the correct answer for that one. Because there, there was a big talk for a while, wasn't it? They spent a bit of money buying some races and stuff, and <coughs> not much has really happened since. Maybe it went to Lifetime. or uh, Something happened with Lifetime. Yeah. Anyway, back to Athlinks. Uh Yeah, so I've got a guy who's heading over to Mallorca, and he was going, "Holy crap, man! The f- you know the times there were really fast last year." And I said, "Well, you know, maybe the surface is really good. Yep. Maybe the standard's really good. But if you if you have that sort of sense, you're going to a race and you're going, man, the times are quick for." 
Athlink's a fantastic place to, to go to. I'm going to just pull up Ironman Arizona because that's coming up as well. We can actually go pull out a few results of people that are high up the field and actually have a look at what they've done elsewhere and that might give you a better sense of um, you know, how the times compare against other races. So Arizona, I think it looks like the third Athlinks finisher there. I'll just pick this guy out randomly. A guy called Rob Gray, he was in the 35-39. He ended up doing 9-11, that's a pretty handy time. Finished fourth in the age group and click on him and then I can go through and see you know, how his results have been at other races. So he did 9-11 there, I can then go and look at his other Ironman results and uh, he's did 9.53 at South Africa, maybe not such a good day there. He did 9.40 at Kona, um, 9.40 at Los Cabos. So it kind of gives you a feel, you might automatically think 9.11, bloody hell that's smoking, but how does that compare to elsewhere? So that's where you can use Athlinks as a little tool, you can go and see how his results have been. Um, man, he's improved a lot. This What's his name? Rob Gray from Rob Los, Gray. Los Gatos, California, opened up. His Athlinks account or Ironman with uh, Switzerland in 2011, 11.02. And then uh, by the time he gets around to 2014, he's doing 9.11. Impressive. Yeah, it's impressive. Okay, so that's your tip for this week. Use Athlinks. If you're worried about a race that's coming up, get on, see if it's on Athlinks, see if there's any Athlinks athletes on there, and you can go and just suss them out and then get a better feel for what their times have been like elsewhere. And that may or may not give you some peace of mind. Okay, good times. Athlinks.com. Jumbo, there's 12. They've got 13 races on the calendar for 51.50. Right. Yeah, but, but in saying that, I'm not sure how accurate that is. Okay. But it's, I'm, I'm Ironman.com right now, and yeah. I've got 15 there. So it seems to be a bit more of a European thing mm. than anywhere else. I think it'll be gold. Uh, they've got 51.50 Coral Coast in Australia. Well, that's just because it'll be, it would have been part of the... USM group that they brought over. I think it could be could be huge if they invest. Yeah, you've got to. Put but they haven't really, have they? You know, because it's been the brand's been around for a couple of years. You look at what's happened to seventy point three and the amount of seventy point threes all around the world, yeah. and what it does to an event. If you go say right, we're going to turn a race in South America into a seventy point three. It is going to get some international people racing. There maybe not heaps, but if you did a worldwide fifty one fifty circuit, I think it would. I think it'd go right. So it takes so a few years. If you go on the Ironman website, they've got this little link page here. Mm. It's got a map of the world. Even so showing me his laptop. So you've got, yeah, yeah. You've got um, all these are all the Ironman races where they're in the world. Right. And then you go to 70.3. Spread pretty, did a lot free in America. Pretty, pretty free. So then if we go there, and these are all the 70.3 races. So there's a lot yeah. of 70.3 races, isn't there? They're mm-hmm. everywhere. Take that off. Then you go to that one. Yeah. It's <laughs> so a lot less than 51. Someone's 50. just, yeah. There's yeah. very few races. They're also advertising some sprint triathons. Mm. Although there's actually... Again, I think those would more be acquisitions from groups that they've bought. Yeah, it kind of stopped the brand on it. But, but I think it would be really cool. I mean, you've got the ITU World Triathlon Series and they tack on an age group race onto all of them, but they don't really... It's not a sort of a, a world series for age groupers or anything like that. They are really cool events and they sound like they do a great job at most of them. But it would be kind of cool to have a world Olympic distance circuit that you could, you know... Maybe just dot off to different races. You know you have a fairly good calibre of athletes there. I think it would be um, something that would be worth a bit of an investment. Yeah, game on. Okay. Um, we 
questions and answers. Okay, we've got an email through from... Oh, right. See, I put it in there. Oh, you'd already put it in there. Tom, he was talking about Thomas Gilash. And you got all angry about it. Yeah. yeah. You're not so angry now. He also... You're not my favourite person of the month, Roger. In, in regards to German, German dopers in the Bevan, in the 90s, Bevan was accusing... Uh, he was square, say, squarely saying... I did not say that. Thomas Hellregel was I, a joke I said, is it allegedly, isn't some question marks over the athletes from those times? And... Roger, was Roger backs me up. Backing up, he was saying about Jurgen Zakat, uh, who used to be at Tanya Pora, was saying that he got busted once. It is on Google. There is a lot written about it. Go listen to our Jurgen Zak interview, and you guys can make up your own mind on what you think about that case. Same deal with um, Spencer Smith. Uh, we, we, we did ask him the question around that, and both of them did get off their punishments um, and go and listen to those interviews to hear a bit more about that. Okay, um, we've got a name here from, this is from... T- Tina, so Tina, um, we had Tina, who was a blind athlete. Yeah, but we couldn't get other group. things, Anne's name right. And Anne Thiles, uh, Thiles, Thiles, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, tig, we should uh, see if we can call her Tig. We, thought we, we called her the thong. Yeah. As well, thong. thong. I was asking thong, Anne, thong. she was her guide, and I was asking Anne about the correct pronunciation of Tina's surname, and apparently it's Amt, like Amen, with a T on the end. Amt. Cool. Okay, lads. Uh, this is sent through from Nick Pollock, and he's just got uh, Pocock, sorry, and he's got uh, lads. Did you see the news coming? A challenge away mouth reflects on the struggles that race directors often face when locals aren't happy with race presence. I saw this at Ironman Boulder in 2014 when many of the farms out on the bike course had signs up saying Ironman not welcome. In UK, this is obviously an extreme example, but you can't be the only case of locals pushing back against the event, ever expanding, expanding races. It is why Challenge UK was pushed to Henley. In, uh, from to Henry. move from uh, from Wait Mayath in 2003. So this is what the race director sent out. He said, a massive apology to all of the half distance triathletes for the short course run course at this year's Challenge Weymouth. Each of the two laps should have been 2K shorter than the full distance, making the turnaround point 1K closer to Weymouth from the first seed station. So what went wrong? Between 2am and 5am on the morning of the race, we were victim to some serious sabotage on the bike course. You probably would have noticed that on the climb to the ridgeway, there was a strip of carpet that you had cycled up and loads of sand covering what was the deliberate oil spill spread across the ground. This created an extremely hazardous situation and became a major safety concern for all of our cyclists. In addition, during this three and a half hour period, 35 metal road closure signs were stolen and 25 route direction arrows were also removed from the course. Our temporary traffic lights were also tampered with and rendered inoperable. With our athletes safely paramount, uh, safety paramount, at this point we had to redeploy many of the team to re-sign the route, contain the hazards and fix the traffic lights to ensure that all the athletes had a safe cycle section on the course. The problem, as a race director, I briefed one of the many of the team that the half distance laps were 2k shorter than the full course and they would make sure that the turnaround was in the right place they measured 2k from the feed station not the 1k that it should have been and it was never checked or rectified whilst not trying to excuse this mistake I want to be you to be aware of why we made such a basic error please note though that our priority has always been and always will be the safety of all athletes in taking part of our court race once again please accept our personal apologies blah 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 and that was from Alan Rose the race director that's just sad I mean there's not much you can say about that in terms of there's just buffy out there and but it seems like there's more than just one buff here because to do that much damage that's systematic yeah damage. you know to go around and take down you know, 35 
signs and 25 route directions, that's not one person. It's not somebody who's been out in the booze and just knocking over a few yeah. cones, 15-year-old, just for a bit of fun. Yeah, it's a very sad state of affairs. It also happens in cycling. You know, they put tacks across the road in the Tour de France and things like that. So it's... Um, what, what idiots. Buffheads. Um, Far out, yeah, because, like, man, imagine if someone crashed and died. But you've got to give the ups to the guys at uh, Challenge Weymouth here. They... Um, must have done some fantastic job there. But maybe, yeah, just in terms of actually managing that on the day, you know, all the signs disappearing, oh, yeah. all on the road, stuff like that, and actually still to be able to In the moment, route. to be able to go, oh, fire up, Russell Sprout, let's... Mm, so good on you, Alan Rose, um, and your team for pulling it together. And whilst it sucks that these people, you know, in, the, in this day, if, if, if it had been before the age of GPS, nobody would have really known. They would go, God, that, those run times were a bit slow. Yeah, I, I, I really struggled out there. But when GPS, when you're coming up to and you know you've got to turn around, you're going, what the hell is going on here? You get, allow for a certain amount of error, but that was quite a big error. But um, feel, feel for them. Yeah, well, yeah, and well done, Alan Rose. So thanks, Nick, for sending it through. Okay, team. Uh, that's pretty much all the questions and answers for this week. So, Jumbo, let's talk about our patrons. Right, Bevan. We need to. We've got a couple here. We've got to I'm do doing on the now. fly. Okay. Well, I'll do the. the you do the last one because I've done the first two. Okay. Uh, so we've got Brian the Mus Lafleur. Yes. Now, nice. This, this, one. this is an old one because he was standing there with his guns out one day. Yeah. So we call yeah, him it comes the from Mus. A famous New Zealand movie, Jake the Mus. Uh, Craig Percival. Craig's got uh, a shop in Australia. Let me just pull it up. I think it's aquashop.com. Com. Oh, au. Um, yeah. Let me just double check on that. I don't want to go sending people off to the wrong website. Uh, yeah, aquashop.com.au. Sells blue 70 wetsuits in there. We love that. Uh, and all your other sort of swimming needs. And so, for Craig, I chose. Where did I put it? Where did I put it? Atlantis. Atlantis. Yes. Yeah. Nice. That was, that's Atlantis. a good one. Yes. Good. Do you want to do a William Moore? Uh, you go. You, your okay, I've got first. Robert Turnbull, Dr. Do Good. Okay. Yeah, because he does good. He's mm-hmm. a doctor of doing good. And then I had Roger Canham, mm-hmm. and I saw ham. I thought pork. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of a pork nickname, but often they'll <laughs> be insulting, so I couldn't really do that. So then I went to the chop. Okay. Roger the chop Canham. Get it, and he chops you down. Okay. Okay, give me a second. I've got an idea for this one. Yep, there you go. Uh, you just tell us. Why don't you tell your story? No, no, because it's, it's, you can wait, because it's a great story, but I, I, want, I want you to be all attention right. on me. Got it. Here we go. Uh, William Moore, Spectre. Oh, nice. Because of James Bond, eh? Yes. But you couldn't go 007 because we already used it. Yeah. But the latest movie is called Spectre. You're, you're a genius. Yeah. Do you go. like the latest of Bonds? Oh, yeah, they're yeah. awesome. I love James Bond movies. I love all of them. Have you watched them all? I would think I probably have. Because on iTunes, I was on iTunes every day, and you can buy the whole lot for $150. Oh, really? Every one ever. Yeah. And they had the, the kind of uh, Rotten Tomatoes rankings. Not yeah. all of them were highly rated. Oh, they were still good. <laughs> Apparently, though, I didn't really watch many of the early ones, but obviously sexist. Yeah. <laughs> obviously. Yeah, they were. <laughs> Not even discreet. Mm. Uh, they were different times, John. They were. They were different times. Um, if you want to be a patron of the show, go to imtalk.me if you love what we do and uh, helps us keep doing what we do. also gives you a chance to be in the draw to join us in Kona in just over 12 months' time and have one hell of a good time. Oh, a busy period there because Joe and I are going to... Yeah, I can't be busy, can you? <laughs> That's right. Don't be busy. Be busy. You've got different priorities. I'm prioritising other things <laughs> I think and I'm going to neglect other things. <laughs> your theory's flawed, John. And busy the your theory's flawed is unorganised. It's when you're choosing the use of the word busy, 
Mm. Because, because what you're saying is when people come back to you and say they can't do something because they're busy, that's what frustrates you. But there are times when people are busy. We go accept that. But how are you getting like, how, how, how are you, mate? I'm busy. It's like, God, don't ever say that to me. Uh, but in the context where you put it there, fair enough. It's a busy period of the year. We've got lots going on. Yeah. But if you're just your reply, how you doing? I'm busy. Whoa, look out. <laughs> <laughs> you start some kind of relaxation tool in your life. Yeah. Uh, what's what's Mel Hostway? What's it all about? Tell We've got an one. interview coming up in oh, is that ten right? minutes. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, John, oh, so sponsors, Athlinks.com social networking for endurance athletes, extreme endurance, and our fantastic patrons. You know who you are, and we appreciate you. You guys rock. Uh, Jumbo, you guys. First time ever. Here we go. Had to cancel a race at the weekend. Oh, really? Mm. Well, the Maybe that's the source of my frustration. But so relieved. Did it, basically did a 24-hour call. Looked at the weather forecast. Thinking, what was the race? Uh, it was one of our JD duathlons, race three. What day was it? Sunday morning. And was it actually bad in the end? Yes, it was. Oh. And I was looking at Saturday going... Oh, that's because I, I was teaching, yeah. And I was looking there, I was going, I can't see it not raining. Plus, it was going to be like four or five degrees. And I thought, oh, I'm going to make the call early. Cancel the race, and then we can. It doesn't end up costing us huge amounts because we can cancel traffic management and stuff like that, and it's not going to end up. But plus, I made sure I wanted to give everybody a fees. F- is it, is it a refund? What happens? I'm, I'm basically refunding everybody. I've been to races before where you got zero refund. I thought that sucks. Yeah, that does suck. Uh, and so I'm basically made the call. We're going to do a full refund for everybody. Oh, so it does cost us a bit, but it's not a ridiculous amount. So yep. we just and plus because it's a series, we can kind of absorb it a little bit. Not that we make big money out of running races, I can tell you that for nothing. Uh, so yeah, to cancel the race, but everybody was very appreciative. And then when I got up on Sunday and it was still pissing down, I was going, yes! We had some bad weather, didn't we? Well, we don't like to talk about weather on the show, John, but last week we had some bad weather. Mm. Okay. So that was uh, the main bit of goss from the weekend. And then this weekend is the big race for the girls, going up to Abel Tasman and oh, they're doing the race. Mm. Good luck to the girls. Mm. <coughs> Any last tips? Um... Just got to pace it. My, my goal with that race, because I've done that race, beautiful race, love it. Hopefully, good, good weather. It is, it is looking good. good. Looking cold, cool and sunny. Yeah, that's what you want. Perfect. Mm. So, um, very undulating. Control your heart rate, especially mm. on the undulations. Mm. There's quite a few listeners from Christchurch. A lot of people from Christchurch yeah, going, up my race. going up there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a great race. Seriously, mm. I reckon it's one of the most beautiful races in the world. Mm. Like, it's stunning. Mm. Oh, that's cool. What are they hoping to do? Uh, best case would be four and a half hours. Anything under five will be okay. Yep. Quite a big window there. Yeah. So well, I think they'll be somewhere in the middle. I always think it's an equivalent of a marathon. My my yep. abortism was exactly the same as a marathon time. Mm. So um Oh yeah. Yeah, so so big weekends filled filling going up as well. Filling out is coming up. Yep, we're taking the, all the kids in one car up on Friday and then the girls are going up on Thursday. Got the T V screens and everything ready to go. We we just starting? Uh, the, the batch oh great mm. oh then you're saying for holiday afterwards just a few days oh. I don't do much holidays I'm too busy for this so. <laughs> <laughs> oh good times John I've got to I've got to deliver okay so you, what's you, the main thing in New Zealand right now the rugby yeah that's why everyone's so busy so mm. the rugby world cup's on right now and it is crazy uh, and it's pretty exciting isn't it it is except it isn't it isn't because Get excited! First game, great. Now Who we're going to sit around for about a month waiting for the next game, or well, three weeks for the next game. For really, game. the rest of our games are pathetic. I'm still going to get up and watch them all. I'm committed. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's once every four years. So, and, and middle of Friday morning, seven o'clock. Right. So that actually works out pretty well. But uh, so I'm going to Sweden. 
Everyone knows this. I've been talking yes. about this for a little bit. I'm going to go teach some classes. I'm going to teach a class to probably 3,000 people, John. Nice. That's my rock star moment, so I'm loving that. Um, way home from Sweden, I thought, well, I'll go hang out in LA. I've got one of the yeah, listeners. I'm going to hang out with the crew in, in LA. Yeah. Um, and then I thought I'd come home. It was a week in LA. Mm-hmm. Put my flights. Oh, good. Guess when I'm flying home, John? Rugby World Cup final. The game's on when I'm on my the flight. final? Yeah. I think the final's on the 1st of November or something. Yeah, I'm flying yeah. home. On the, I'm flying home. I'm, I arrive at 8 in the morning after the final. Well, you come and see me in Auckland because we will just finish the marathon. Well, I don't get to watch it either. Oh, no, but then I'll fly out at 10.30. Okay. It's gonna, gutted. See, I'm thinking... I'm gutted, John. It's going to be impossible. I'm considering changing my flight. Right. Yeah, and it'll cost me. Oh, not that, uh, not that much. Oh, depends if there's... Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd say an extra day. Yeah, to change for another day wouldn't cost you much. Yeah, maybe I will. Mm. Yeah, we, we're going to really struggle in the marathon. But this is assuming New Zealand makes a final. If we make we, the final. We've got yeah. six minutes before we have to finish. Yeah, that's good. Uh, is we're running the marathon. And normally I would say, you know, if you're running an event somewhere, you'd be able to get away with doing your race, get back to your hotel, get back to wherever you're yeah. staying, and watch the game. But there'll be, there'll be a live area of people watching the game. Well, this is a problem. In Auckland, the marathon goes past the main pub <laughs> area. You go past the viaduct, which, and, and we're going to be finishing probably around about the time when people will be feeding out of the pubs. Yeah. And uh, oh, you're going to know. It's going to be obvious. Yeah, very obvious. Yeah. I remember after the 95 World Cup, because um, that was such a disappointing final. Because mm. we had 95 Rugby World Cup New Zealand – we just killed everybody. We went into the fight. We were just, it was us, we were by far the best team. Mm. And then in the final, the South Africans beat us. And a little bit of controversy around it. Yeah. But a lot of our players were sick. So guys were literally on the field spewing while mm. playing the game. Like it was really sick. But South Africa won. Good on them. Mm. Um, I remember this guy lying on the ground, just so drunk. She said, I just want to die. <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty obvious we lost that game. So. I'm not feeling overly confident about our chances, though. Confident, but Conf- not yeah, overly I confident. Yeah, I don't, World Cup's a different game. Yes. Yeah, so. so I'm a bit gutted about that, John. Okay. A bit heartbroken. I'm, f- I'm feeling for you. Another dilemma, John? Just look at five minutes. I can, oh, I can come on, we need to get ready. Gunnan. Really? Yeah. We, we, our prep's... Our prep's My, like, our, our prep. <laughs> I our our was prepping. Your prep? You're too busy for this bloody prep. So, bought, bought the ring. Oh really? Yes. The ring's been bought. Yeah. And uh it's been made. I did wonder why things were looking a bit yeah. sparse yeah, around here. It's been, it's been <laughs> eBay and trade me have been going nuts. Yeah, buy this ring, John bought the ring. Um being made. Now what you can do, John, to save some money mm-hmm. is buy it duty free. I don't know how they get away with this. Our interviewee is ready to rumble. Just sent through a, a Skype yeah, message. Tell the story. She's early. Okay, we're busy right now. Just typing. Look, listen to my co-host just, just won't shut up. Listen. So, so buy the ring, but for some reason there's some kind of scheme that if you buy it duty free, you save money. Now it saves you yeah, thousand yeah, bucks, yeah, so yeah. it's worth doing. Definitely. So, so no brainer. Problem is, when is someone going overseas next? Me to Sweden. Yeah. Can you trust me to look after a ring for two weeks? Would you trust me to do that? Well, now what you should do is you go through because you just got to get through customs, and then like lob it. When you're getting onto the plane, somehow lob it over the this airport is a great terminal strategy. and Joe can be on the other side and catch it. It would be romantic. No, because I. Th- well, I have to. We know enough people at. Oh, you've, yeah, you're not flying direct. We know enough people in customs. I know we do know a few people, people in customs, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. So we're thinking we might do that, but I'm really concerned because mm. okay. I'm really good at losing things. Mm. You don't want to lose. Imagine that phone call. 
wouldn't be good. Hey, babe, I love you. I love you lots. We're doomed. Iron Rush. I'm Ejo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.